0: Trends and Shopping Habits and What It Means with Alana Okun coming up in episode
1: 141.
0: Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. ¿Lista? You ready? Empecemos pues. Let's Get Started. ¿Qué tal? Qué bueno de tenerte por acá. How is it going? It is so good to have you here. This is your host, Jen Hemphill, and we're going to be talking to a young, talented lady today. Just so you know, there is just a slight instant of cursing. So if you have little ones around, I just wanted you to be aware of it. In today's episode, you're going to learn the trends observed in the series Rack did on how do you shop. You're also going to learn the exact disparities found during the running of the series. You're going to learn the story behind a respondent and what her inbox had to do with her tracking her money. And you're also going to learn about our guest and how what she uses to battle her money anxiety. So we're gonna talk a little bit about money anxiety today. Now, let me share a little bit about Alana Okun. She is currently a senior editor at RACT where she works with writers on personal essays, op-eds, and humor pieces. She previously worked at BuzzFeed, and has appeared on the Today Show, Good Morning America, NPR, and many other television and radio programs. Her first book, a memoir about crafting called The Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater, came out on in March from uh, Flatiron Books. So let's go ahead and meet Alana. Vamos a conocer a Alana. Bienvenida, Alana. I am excited to have you here on the Her Money Matters podcast.
1: So excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: No, my pleasure. Yeah. I wanted to get to know you first and your money story. How did you grow up around money? What did you see? What did you hear? Did your family talk to you about money? Share with all that with us.
1: Yeah, so I'm from Boston originally. Um, a few minutes outside, actually. And my family's always been pretty comfortable. I'd say middle, upper middle class. Um, my dad's actually worked at the same job since he was right out of college. He was 22. And now, well, I'm not going to say how old he is, but he's approaching retirement age. Um, and so that was always something that I was very aware of, that I was very interested that here, this stable person in my life was sort of going off to the same place every day that I could remember, um, coming back, that that was how money came in. Um, and he was very into sort of providing for us and sort of, you know, making this home be very comfortable and I think didn't want us to hurt for things, but also didn't want us to feel like everything, you know, we wanted could immediately fall into our laps. Um, and so my experience with sort of the day to day of money was actually more shaped by my mother because uh, she was the one she stayed at home. She took care of us. Um And her mother in particular was always very, very frugal. And she was a college, she lived in a college town. Her husband was a college professor. These are my grandparents. Um, But my grandma still was always very, very, very into saving and making sure that she had this nest egg. And even kind of, I think for her, it was a lot about safety. It was a lot about sort of cultivating this armor and this um, way that she could move through the world in a way that she wanted to. Um, And so I actually think that I kind of inherited that sensibility. That's something that I've always been really into is like I've been comfortable and, you know, I'm lucky to have a well-paying job um, because a lot of people in my industry don't get to. But I think I've always had this sort of anxiety a little bit about wanting to have enough of, you know, almost get out of jail money or run away from home money or whatever you want to call it, like having almost savings that's just sitting there that I can sort of immediately access in case, Mm -hmm. I don't know, in case I lose a job, or in case there's a natural disaster, or, you know, something changes with my family or my health. Like, that's always been a big, big part of sort of my relationship with money is really enjoying it and loving to talk about it and being very open, but also feeling very like I need to hoard it. And like, I really need to kind of gather it close or else.
0: (laughs) Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because I relate to that in terms of the hoarding, uh, because I grew up in a household where there was always what we always heard was there was a lack of money, we couldn't afford this. So that turned into I uh, grew up and I'm like, well, that's not going to be me, I'm going to save it. But then what I saw and experienced was like, I was saving it, but then I was afraid to spend it. And it yeah. would just went back to because I didn't want to have a lack of. So there was a lot of things I had to work through uh to overcome that. Now, you write for Racked. Tell us what Racked is for those listening. And you wrote a a series, a How Do You Shop series that I want to get into because I know you learned a lot from that. So, But tell us what Racked is for those listening.
1: So I've been a senior editor at Racked for a little over a year now. I actually started right in the new year last year. Um, and it's great. It's a website that's part of Vox Media, which you might know from like explainer videos and seeing on Facebook. And Racked is all about shopping for real life, we call it. So it's, it's kind of a lot of things. We cover, um, yeah, services sort of here's where to buy black jeans or a winter coat. But a lot of the site is actually devoted to exploring sort of the ways that money interacts with the rest of the world. So, for example, even just today, we have a big feature on how women in Congress, particularly Democrats, are going to be wearing all black to the State of the Union that President Trump is giving in order to protest, in order to uh, show solidarity with Time's Up and Me Too. Um, mm-hmm. We've got, you know, we interviewed Congress people in order to get that piece. Uh, we've also got, you know, a fun entertainment piece all about the show grown which is a spinoff of blackish, ish um, and how the main character actually dresses in a very sort of modest, low-key way that you don't expect for teenagers on television. So we really kind of run the gamut, um, and something that I particularly focus on is what we call first-person writing. So that can be anything from a personal essay. Uh, last week, actually, I published a piece all about class, all about this woman who grew up in pretty extreme poverty, and realized that once she grew up and had a little more money and sort of had these more stable jobs, that she had never quite been taught the dress codes of different offices and of these spaces that I think a lot of people who do grow up with more money feel like they can more naturally navigate. Um, so that was really interesting. And I also, you know, I'll edit sort of fun, sillier op-eds about why dry shampoo sucks or why dry (laughs) shampoo is great, um, or more opinion-y pieces. For example, we have a writer who wrote a piece for us about how in schools, a lot of the time, even now in 2018, uh, white administrators often hair police the school, the hair of children of color um, in order to penalize them. So we really kind of cover absolutely everything. clothing and things that go on your body. And we're a pretty small team. So, you know, we're always really busy and so passionate and excited. And it's a lot of women. It's uh, primarily women on the team.
0: That sounds fantastic. I love that perspective (laughs) for sure. Now with this series, the How Do You Shop series, tell us a little bit about that. And what did you, what came from it? What came about from it?
1: Absolutely. So that's been a really fun series that we began in July. So it's been about six months now. Um, It's called How Do You Shop, racks.com slash How Do You Shop. Uh, And I write some of the pieces and then I edit the rest of them. So I'll commission out freelancers to do these interviews. And basically, I think at this point, we've probably done 20 or 25, where uh, me or a writer will go out and find someone, it's a very vague designation, basically, I say who has an interesting relationship to money, which, you know, you probably know this too, Jen, is everyone, everyone has an interesting relationship to money. So, you know, we've interviewed single mothers, we've interviewed architects, we've interviewed sex workers, we've interviewed world travelers. Wow. Yeah, 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 it's been a really great range of people. Um, And it began a little more regimented. Like, I have a questionnaire that I still send to all the writers that they, you know, can use to guide their discussions. But over time, we've realized that the more valuable conversations and the ones that our readers certainly respond to the most are these much more narrative ones where you sort of lock in on maybe someone has an interesting strategy for money or an ethos or, you know, a philosophy they were raised with. And sort of just letting them follow that trail has been really interesting. Um, and it's been really interesting for me, too, on a personal level, because um, so I'm 27 this year and it feels like this is really the first year or two of my life when I've taken my finances super seriously, like beyond just trying to save and trying to make sure I have enough to pay rent and sort of, you know, the paycheck to paycheck stuff. Um, this is the first time in my life I've been really, really interested in, I was about to say invested in. <laughs> Yeah, you're invested in it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, In investing and making sure my money is growing and not just sitting there and really just kind of knowing where it's going and making sure that I'm not being duped or scammed or sort of letting money slip through the cracks. And editing this series, it's kind of chicken or egg because maybe I was going to figure it out anyway. But this has definitely felt like a fast track to seeing how a lot of philosophies play out. I've even learned some really specific concrete strategies I now use in my own money. And even just kind of forcing me to think about what is my own ethos, because I don't think I would have been able to put words to it before hearing all these people articulate theirs.
0: Before we continue, I wanted to take a moment to share with you a little bit about our partners, Fab Fit Fun, who are sponsoring this week's episode. Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box with full size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Now, I'll be honest. I'm not always a fan of subscription boxes, but when it is seasonal, they don't give you just samples of products. And these products include quality brands like Kate Somerville for skincare items or Rachel Pally for fashion items and Moroccan oil for beauty products. It is like treating yourself and self-care all on a budget. And if you use the code money over at FabFitFun.com, you will get $10 off. Now, FYI, they sell out fast, so you can just mosey on over to FabFitFun and use the code money. And also for fun, just try saying fadfitfun five times fast. And once I receive my summer box, I will be sharing it with you on Instagram. So stay tuned. Now let's get back to the show. So in these stories uh, and in this series, so there were, you had a diverse amount of of people that you interviewed and you talked to. Uh, So what were some of the common themes uh, that you found uh, in this series?
1: Yeah, there's so there's a lot that come up. Um, I think everyone feels anxious about money, no matter how much or how little they make. And maybe, you know, that's just by nature of the type of people that we're interviewing. But everyone always seems to think, you know, like, ah, I'm living kind of paycheck to paycheck, there's just a little bit more I could have. Certainly, I think that there is a sense, especially when we talk to women, that they are the ones kind of providing for other people that they're actually thinking of their own needs last. Mm -hmm. And, Making sure, say, that their kids have clothing or that they're sending money home to their families. Like, often a lot of the times, we almost have to prompt to get an answer that's to the effect of, like, okay, but what do you buy for yourself? Like, what clothing do you put on your own body? Um, And that's really interesting. And then debt is also such a unifying theme. Um, People, you know, who make a ton of money or who don't make very much money or whatever, like, everyone, I think, has been touched by debt in some way, whether it's credit cards or student loans. But I think people don't talk about it all the time. I think that there's a sense still that it can be taboo or that Mm -hmm. it's a a moral failure or somehow like an intellectual weakness. And like from editing this and just (laughs) being a person in the world, like that's absolutely untrue. You know, it's just something that happens in a life. And I think the more people talk about it and the more open you can be about it, the sort of easier it can be to hack your way out of it.
0: Right. And I think you doing the series is a way to... Have people more aware, just like this podcast and, and different blogs and not just be aware, but ha- giving them the permission, if you will, to talk about it, because it is a taboo topic. It's hard to talk about. We, there's a lot of shame. There's guilt, but with, um, with different, uh, what, where you work and blog, blogs and podcasts, I get those mediums it gives you the opportunity to say it's okay to talk money. There's other people that I relate to uh, and that really I connect with their story, resonate with their story because I've been there. So uh, I love that you're doing that and I'm thankful uh, that you're doing that as well just because it's just so important because I really truly believe that when we have the courage to talk money and we, we build that financial confidence and when we build that financial confidence, We're able to take more action, uh, towards our goals, uh, and progress in our financial journey. So having a medium that like what you, where you're working at is really, really important. And you really set the tone. Like you have that opportunity to guide and lead and open up these conversations. So I love, love that you're doing that.
1: No, that's great to hear. And I feel likewise about the work that you're doing. And yeah, these other podcasts and series because of course, there are so many of this type of series on the internet, um, the sort of money diaries or look at spending. Uh, and Rack's sort of angle on it too, is that we're very interested in shopping in clothing, mm-hmm. and sort of how you choose the things that you choose, And, you know, I think a lot of the time um, that is a topic that can really kind of be dismissed as frivolous or silly or, you know, not as necessary as other, you know, obviously very important things like food and shelter, which we talk about as well. But I do think that the way you choose to present yourself and sort of the options that you feel are available to you as particularly a woman navigating the world um, choosing how to clothe yourself and choosing how you want to be seen, there's real power in that. And sometimes you don't have power in other aspects of your life. And so that's kind of where you can choose to express yourself and to find these little moments. So that's definitely part of our sort of ethos on another way we think that this kind of work could be
0: important. Oh, absolutely. Because when you choose what you, what you put on in the morning or in the afternoon, especially us entrepreneurs <laughs> that work at home, right? When you choose what you put on, it it really um, helps you f- feel good, right? Or not feel so good or feel just, I'm still on my pajamas. Yes. I'm not, but you know, so it's really, it, I, I definitely agree. There's the, the importance of feeling good and what you choose in clothing. clothing really, really helps that. So I love that you're exploring that and I don't consider that frivolous at all. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. <laughs>
1: you know, just every now and then you get the tweet that's like, who wasted time on this? And it's like, okay, it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe they don't understand. Now, in this series, what were the disparities that you found?
1: That's a great question. I think when it comes to opening up, people can sort of have different attitudes. Like some people come in and they have this sort of fully formed vision of themselves. Like this is who I am. This is what my ethos is. This is why I do everything the way I do. And other people will kind of come in the opposite way, sort of saying like, oh, you know, I just sort of pick and choose. And I don't know, this is kind of what my life looks like. And it's interesting because again, there's actually not so much a correlation there in terms of how much or how little money people make. Like, there are people who make relatively little who seem very sort of adamant and sort of set in their ways and to have these really great strategies. And then people who make relatively more money who are much sort of more, I don't want to say devil make care. That's not fair, but sort of more just, you know, figuring it out as they go along. Mm-hmm. Um, so attitude has definitely been an interesting thing. Um, and I'm always very, very interested in people's backgrounds because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super nosy. And um, you know, as you asked in your very first question, Uh, I do think it obviously really, really informs where someone comes from and how they regard money now. And so that's always a really interesting thing is seeing people uh, reacting to their families where sometimes someone will say, you know, like my family grew up without much money, but now that I have it, I'm really interested in spending it. And I think it's really (laughs) fun and I finally can afford the clothes I want. So I'm going to go for it. But then like I actually interviewed this one woman and this was very near and dear to my heart because I conducted this interview myself um, and she's my age. And she lives in San Francisco, which is one of my favorite cities. Works in architecture. My sister, you know, went to architecture school, so we.
0: (laughs) My brother did too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we had um, a lot of parallels, you know. And it's always great to talk to someone in that regard. And she was mentioning uh, she's a second-generation immigrant, and her parents had come over here. I believe it was from Korea. I can double-check that. um, And actually set up a really successful business in San Francisco, and really grown these. I think they owned like three shops at one point talking about money and having to sort of grow out of that and coming to the states and figuring out like, okay, how do I want to talk about this? How am I going to incorporate it into my own life? Um, And so I'm always really, really interested in that side of things, like hearing where people came from and where they're going to go with it, because it's never the same from one person to another.
0: Right. Absolutely. That is so interesting. Now, you had mentioned earlier that some people shared. Uh, some of the money strategies that they use and I'm always interested because when I interview people on the podcast and with some guests, we talk about how they manage money, what tools that they use. And I always ask the, you know, I ask those questions on purpose because I want to make sure that those listening can really take something away from it in the sense that you don't money is not a cookie cutter approach that what works from someone else may not work for you. But it's really interesting to listen to different uh, strategies, different tools, different uh, ways of managing money, because I always take away something (laughs) from every conversation. So what were some of the money strategies that those involved shared?
1: Yeah, so I'll actually tell you two that I use now that are both gleaned from this series.
0: So the first was
1: actually, uh, this was not totally part of the series. It was more of a tangential piece that I was doing sort of in an effort to get more money content on Racked in general. But uh, sort of a, for- a former coworker of mine, Anne-Marie Dooling, who still actually works at Vox and runs our newsletters now, but isn't at Racked any longer. Uh, she's wonderful and she loves talking about money. She was always my like desk mate, but money talker. Um, <laughs> she tried this experiment where she tracked every single dollar she spent on everything every day. Um, in an email draft, like she would just sort of, you know, send the email to herself, or it would be like Starbucks, $4, you know, matcha, whatever, $7. Um, although I think she would not like it if I said she was drinking matcha. Don't think she drinks matcha. <laughs> um, anyway, so she was recording into this very micro level and wrote all these insights about how it really sort of uh, shone this light on places where she was, in particular, losing small amounts of money that she didn't realize. So like ATM fees were a big thing that only emerged after she tracked for, you know, however long she was doing it for. So I do that now, not in the Gmail drafts, but I do it on my iPhone notes app. Mm -hmm. So every week I start and I start Wednesday to Wednesday. um, I track every single thing I spend money on. Um, I actually also track uh, how much water I'm drinking and how much alcohol I'm drinking And there's one. Oh, and I just sort of keep track of my meals in there. Not even as like a calorie counting thing, just to kind of have a record of how I spend my days, basically. Um, And so I do that every week. And then I enter all the results in a Google Doc at the end. Uh So just sort of have the breakdown of how much did I spend on household goods? How much did I spend on uh, like discretionary shopping? How much on entertainment? And that's been so, so, so useful just to like, I think I would recommend that obviously to anybody. It's the most basic level thing of just knowing where your money is going. And it doesn't have to be a big fancy app. Like I found for me that honestly, the best possible thing was
0: just using the phone that I have with
1: me <laughs> every hour of every day to keep track in this very rudimentary way.
0: Agreed. And I'm curious, you said you do it Wednesday to Wednesday. Is there a reason for that? I'm I'm curious. Uh, or is there know- just like a ritual you just created?
1: I think I think I might have just started it on a Wednesday, but it works for me because I've realized that um, probably as with many people and certainly many people who live in urban areas, weekends are obviously a completely different beast when it comes to money and especially when it comes to drinking and when it comes to physical activity and all this stuff. And so I found that having a weekend either at the very beginning or the very end of the cycle kind of skewed my thinking about it a little bit. Like if it were at the end, I wouldn't want to get to a point where it would be like, well, you know, I have a hundred extra dollars, may as well blow it. I mean, I'm not really that type of person, but <laughs> would want to prevent that anyway. And having it at the very beginning of the cycle, I think would sort of set my week off at a bit of a deficit. It would feel like, well, shit, you know, I already spent half my budget for the week, even though that that's actually is kind of how it works out. Like I would say that I spend half the money for the week because I do my grocery shopping and I do my errands between Friday and Sunday. But it feels less jarring when that happens smack dab in the middle of my tracking rather than at the beginning or the end. That's probably a little crazy, but it works for me. (laughs) No, it's
0: whatever works. And I wanted to ask that because I knew there had to be a reason, right? I mean, yes, you started it on a Wednesday, but I felt that there was more beyond that. So I thank you so much for sharing. Now, you also have a book that's called The Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater Talks, and In that, you talk about money anxiety. So I want to know about that. I'm really curious about it.
1: Yeah. So the book actually is more, it's about crafting. So I've been crafting, actually, speaking of my grandmother at the beginning of the episode, um, she taught me how to craft when I was like six to knit, I think when I was six years old or so. And I've been doing that pretty diligently ever since. Like I, you know, sometimes sell my crafts. I do crochet and embroidery and teach people. It's just this very, very big part of my life, sort of in addition to writing. Love, um, it, and love it. Yeah. And what the book is kind of all about, and, you know, I, I wrote the darn thing and I still haven't perfected my elevator pitch, even though it's coming out in March. Um, it's really sort of about using crafting As a way to kind of metabolize the various facets of my life. So whether that's dealing with grief, whether that's dealing with heartbreak or joy or anxiety, which is, as I say, a very big part of my life, Mm -hmm. um, sort of having this constant low level rhythmic thing going on in the background that helps me feel better, that helps me feel grounded and feel sort of part of the world. Um, and so, yeah, so part of that, definitely anxiety is all about money. Because um, I live alone, you know, and, and in one of the most expensive cities like in the world. <laughs> I'm in journalism, which again, I have a wonderful and well paying job, but it's not the most stable industry that ever <laughs> existed. Um, and so, I think a big part of how I sort of go through my daily life is worrying that it's all going to go away at any minute. Um, and I'm I'm trying to work on that. You know, I'm in therapy. I take meds. I you know work out. Like I do all that stuff. But I think that um, there's always kind of been this this dread. And realizing that a big part of what makes me feel better, both financially, uh, creatively, whatever you want to call it, is just kind of staring things in the face, like forcing myself to really sit down with these spreadsheets, or you know, with an email or something right in front of me, and just saying, look, it's actually not as scary as sort of the monster that you work it out to be in your head. Like, okay, so maybe you had to spend 300 extra dollars on this last minute flight. Like, look at your money. Like, you will not starve this month because that's happening. Like, okay, maybe you had this confrontation with someone you care about. Just talk to them. Just look back over the emails exchanged or the texts. Just give them a call. Just sort of like untie the knot and it won't feel as scary as it is. And I think all those things kind of feed together for me you know, just so just kind of wanting to go through the world in a way that feels safe and stable and creative.
0: <laughs> love it. That is, that is definitely interesting. I love how you tie that in um to the anxiety or anything. um, uh, What you talk about in the book. That's fantastic. With Alana, this has been really, really uh, fun. I have have enjoyed speaking to you. Congrats on the book. I've been in the, in the same process <laughs> of myself so I understand everything you're going through uh, so congrats I appreciate you being here and hopefully we'll connect again because I really love what uh, you all are doing at RAC so I'm going to have to um, continue to check you all out.
1: Awesome thank you so much Jen this was wonderful.
0: Thank you Well I hope you enjoyed Getting to know Alana and the information she shared because I thought it was really interesting talking about the trends behind the shopping habits and really starting to tackle the topic of money anxiety, which we really haven't talked about much. So I hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. And before we, I really get into my aha or my takeaway from today's interview, I wanted to do the normal, the weekly shout out or la mención semanal. And this week it goes to Nadia, or maybe she pronounces Nadia. She shared recently a money win that I absolutely loved. And I wanted to share with you in case you need some inspiration in finding money wins. I know sometimes when I really talk about celebrating money wins, sometimes you may feel it's difficult to find one, especially if you're feeling in a rut. So I wanted to share this with you just for some inspiration, just so you can think outside the box. And her money win was finally finding affordable health care insurance since in her career, it's a challenge to do. So uh, Nadia, I hope, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that win for being a part of the community. And for those of you listening, I hope that gives you a little inspiration because it's not necess- money wins don't have to be about uh, always uh, saving money directly, put it in into your savings account. They could be a variety of things. And I just wanted to share that with you. And so, Nadia, thanks for sharing that with us. Now, in today's interview, as I mentioned, we covered several topics uh, from the trends of the shopping habit to money anxiety. And I wanted to talk about money anxiety for a moment as it is an important topic. We hear so much about budgeting and the practical how-tos of money. And of course, on this podcast, we cover that. But we also talk a lot about the importance of mindset. And as you heard today, there's really another side of money uh, that some of you may face, like money anxiety. So it's important to understand uh, where this money anxiety is coming from. And if in case you weren't aware of, there are professionals who focus on on this topic, who are called financial therapists. In fact, I actually interviewed a financial therap- therapist recently, which I'm excited to share with you. That'll be more in the queue for the summer. But I wanted to give you a heads up because if you, uh, if this interview, the topic of money anxiety and what Alana shared, if that resonated with you, if it made you, Oh, I really, I get where she's coming from. Uh, this is an episode that you don't want to miss. Again, I'm giving you kind of a heads, a heads up. Uh, it's in the queue for the summer, but just, I just wanted to be, for you to be aware, one of episode two, that, you know, money anxiety is a real thing. <laughs> Three, that there are professionals out there, uh, that can help you in this specific area, which is called financial therapy. So I just wanted to give you, uh, that tidbit. Now, another thing that I want to share with you is that with money anxiety, of course, it's not fun to go through if you deal with it. And my money daily ritual can help you lessen that anxiety. Now, it's not a a fix, a quick fix. It's not going to get rid of your money anxiety, but it's going to help lessen it. And it's really just a simple worksheet that helps you regroup your financial life on one sheet. And if you're dealing with money anxiety, it is a great place for you to unpack it and work through it. So I have a copy, free copy waiting for you over at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. Now, if you enjoyed getting to know Alana, she is uh, easily um, found on Twitter I'll have the link in the show notes, but just look up Alana, A-L-A-N-N-A on uh, Twitter. Uh, and I will also provide a link in the show notes uh, for the book. So that is a wrap for this week. Next week, we will be talking to Shannon Harvey, where he shares with us and discusses with us the seven daily risks we deal with, and how we can protect ourselves with the right types of insurance. Now, we haven't talked about insurance much on this podcast, but next week, we definitely will. So I want to thank Alana for joining us, for being so transparent, for showing all the golden nuggets today. Uh, you can check out the show notes on where to find her over at jenhempill.com forward slash one. 41. And also don't forget, if you love this episode, I would really, truly appreciate, uh, you sharing this with a friend, a coworker, or again, a stranger as well. It definitely, the more we share, there's that saying, right? Sharing is caring is kind of cliche, but it is, it is it is helpful, uh, because you never know how this episode or or some of the other episodes will impact the lives of others because we don't necessarily know what exactly they are going through. So it would mean the world for me to me if you do share it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being a listener and I will talk to you next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.